1: Welcome to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, a part of the IDP Army Podcast Network. We are back again. We are in Week 10. I did not mean to rhyme that on purpose. Um, honestly, this football season has been pretty crazy so far, at least in the college uh, side of, of football. I mean, the NFL side of football is a whole other thing. And the, some of the trades that were just made in this past year, Uh, trade deadline i feel like you're kind of telling a little bit um, especially the bears when they traded for chase claypool Um, they're trading a top 40 pick and to think that some of these wide receivers that are in this draft maybe couldn't have filled in that 40th spot is a little head scratching to say the least i'm not really a whole sure about that one but before we get into all that Uh, We have some injuries to get into. We have the biggest game of the college football season this weekend. I hope you're all clearing your calendars. Um, Hopefully you don't have something going on at 2.30 Eastern time, or not Eastern time, Central time, because there is a massive game that we're going to get into. But first... All right. welcome 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 glad to have you in here today um for the next hopefully only half hour but we'll see um let's get to the injuries first there's a couple people i just we need to have a discussion about that we maybe haven't already had a discussion about um the first one is something that just happened That's nolan smith defensive end from georgia uh torres peck he's going to be out for the rest of the season Does he declare? I don't know. He's still a first round projected draft pick. I think even with the torn pack Um, TJ Watt currently has this injury in the NFL and it seems that he's going to be back sometime in the NFL season. So you would think that by Nolan Smith going out now that he would at least be possibly available by the time they do the combine in February, that timeline's a little crunched, but If he doesn't work out at the combine, I think it's going to hurt him even more. Uh, We saw what it did to David Ojabo, who ended up with the Ravens anyway, but he was a pretty locked-in first-rounder until that injury that he suffered during his pro day. I don't know what to make of that one just yet. I've moved him down a couple spots on my board just because there is a potential this kicks him out of the first round, but it's a torn pec injury. I'm not positive exactly how fast he's going to be back. Hopefully, it's sooner rather than later. Um, Other Injury news, um, Jordan Addison. We don't know. This is what I like. You know, now that he's not coaching my team anymore, this is something I hate about Lincoln Riley. Is you will never know exactly how bad the injury is, how long is the player going to be out. I, can you give us any information about this some um, this thing at all? For example, they had a wide receiver on Oklahoma last year named Theo Weiss that had a quote unquote lower body injury for the entire season missed pretty much the whole thing. He was able to, he was available for the last game. They didn't use him, but this is a similar thing with Jordan Addison. It's his ankle. They're not calling it an ankle. They're calling it lower body, but it's his ankle. I'm moderately concerned. I, if he comes back this season, I will put all my, my concerns to bed, but, and you know, here's the thing. I still have the concern though. They're still there. Um, because he, if he's not playing, it's hard. So I was listening to the ringer and Benjamin Solak made an interesting comment that he said that a lot of talent evaluators that he's talked to said that this is a bad wide receiver class, which is why the bears went out and got Chase Claypool. I'm personally kind of confused by that statement. I don't think that this is a bad draft class by any means. I think there's 10, 11, there's people we haven't even talked about really that like 13, 14, 15 down the line where they're not, they're going to be something in the NFL. I I, I can't say they're necessarily going to be a star, but there's always that potential. And for this to be a down draft class, like I just don't see that. Um, I would say Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, Kayshawn Booty, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and maybe Josh Downs are all locked in for the first round of the draft. But in the second round, Cedric Tillman, Zay Flowers, Rasheed Rice, uh, Jalen Hyatt for Tennessee. I mean, I know all of you out there that are watching any ounce of college football have heard the name Jalen Hyatt in the last couple weeks because of what he's been doing at Tennessee in Cedric Tillman's absence. He's just been absolutely lighting up every player, every team that he's been playing. Uh, Marvin Mims from Oklahoma, Jacob Cowing for Arizona, A.T. Perry for Wake Forest. I mean, the list goes on. And to say that like all these players are going to be available in the first three rounds of the draft. All of them are going to be mad useful. I just don't see why or how this could be construed as a bad draft class. I just, I just don't. And I, you know, I'm not a talent evaluator in the NFL. So obviously my words probably don't hold the same amount of weight, but I feel like I've been watching enough football long enough to where I'm kind of at least seeing something like, sure. I, for, you know, holding myself accountable on this podcast last year, I was all out on Chris Olave. Um, He has trickled his way in to the perfect situation. I mean, Michael Thomas, isn't going to play the rest of the year. Um, So Olave is going to have the chance to shine. And there's definitely an argument for him being rookie of the year. I still think it'll go to either Kenneth Walker, or Damian Pierce, but you can definitely make the case for him to be the rookie of the year. Um, and that, that was a total miss by me. I just, there was body language. There was, and I think part of the problem, and we'll just get into this now, because um, it's affecting Jackson Smith and Jigba. Ohio State's just a wide receiver factory. So even being the third best wide receiver, which Chris Olave was last year for Ohio State, doesn't mean you're bad. It It's not as concerning as it would be if you were on a different team. Um you know, if he was the third best wide receiver at, you know, who am I going to throw them to the bus here? Uh, Oregon State, you know, the third best wide receiver at Oregon State is not equal to the third best wide receiver on Ohio State because they are currently pumping out these different talents to make everything better. So when Jackson Smith and Jigba this year, who has yet to play other than one, no, he played, he's played two games, um, and he didn't play the last game against Penn State, which sent my red flags up a mile high because if you're not going to put any film this year, because I don't think he's, I think he's at least going to be limited this week when they play and that will leave him with three or four games left at the end of the season, which he could come back and play in the playoff games if you want. Um, how do you take a player like that in the first round? Now we saw this basic same story happen with George Pickens last year um, where he came back uh, to play in the playoff game and then didn't get picked to the second round. Could he have been a first rounder if he played any part of last season? Probably, but he didn't. And he only played in the the couple of games at the end and he ended up in the second round. Now George Pickens talent is showing through with the Steelers and he is looked great. And I think this might be another case of that for Jackson Smith and Jigba. I just, it's hard for me to say that he's the best wide receiver in this class if He's going to go an entire year without putting any good tape together. Like the thing is, is we're not even factoring in like even when he gets back out there at a hundred percent, is he going to produce at the same level he did last year? We have no idea of that. Um, we would hope so, but with this offense running through Marvin Harrison Jr. now and like Amika Ibuka, like does Jackson Smith, you know, he I, he would probably be the wide receiver too when he comes back out, right? He, there's no guarantee that he would be the number one again. Um, the talent would tell you so. It's hard for me to project that for him. And I think that that is definitely going to have the attention of every talent evaluator because their ability to watch him is they're unable to. So how do you put a grade on that? And this is why, like, you know, draft scouts get paid more money than me because they're going to have him in for private workouts after the season. I would hope that he is fully healthy by then, but who knows, you know, if he has a big game during the national championship, for example, like everybody's going to forget that he was even injured at all this season. So there is still a lot of ball left to be played, but whatever injury he's got, I think it's a hamstring. It's just kind of concerning to me and I'm not going to lie. I just think it's, Something that I'm going to hold against him. Um, I've moved him down the board officially to number four. I think Jordan Addison is a for sure thing, especially if his injury isn't as bad as it's it out to be. Quentin Johnston for TCU looks like the real deal. He looks exactly like the player that we thought he was going to be this season. It kind of had a quiet start, but he's been pulling it together. Um, And then Kayshawn Booty, I don't think you're going to be able to keep him out of the, uh, like out of the top three wide receivers as well. Um, just the, his ability LSU starting to put things together there. And Keishon booty is getting more involved, but I just, you know, those three guys are way far and away more talented than a player that hasn't played. And we're going off of what he did in 2021 when he was with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. It's hard to put um, that, you know, to quantify that, you know, and I've been reading some mock drafts that have just recently started coming out and they still have him as the number one wide receiver. And, more more power to those publications that are willing to still put him up there because of what he did in 2021 i don't know how you can do that but this is a podcast that's dedicated to trying to find out for your dynasty football team and just potentially even for like your redraft team what players are going to be useful and i think that this bit of information that He's going to pretty much go an entire season without playing actual football and sometimes on a limited basis. And then uh, clearly last week before the Penn State game, he had some kind of flare-up that caused him to not even play at all. That's, I think, useful information that you need to put in, you know, into your notes when you're going into – I know the dynasty drafts are not as high stakes as the actual NFL draft, and he might still end up in a, a – loca- like if he ended up on the Bears – for example, we would all just be like penciling him in as the number one there. And we would, you know, we're going to put this all to bed, but if he ends up like Garrett Wilson ended up with a Jets, for example, like now you got to start thinking things through a little bit more and, you know, talent's going to shine through no matter what. I just, and Jackson Smith and Jigba is wildly talented from what we saw last year. He was the ability on him is insane, but it's hard to give him the first wide receiver in this draft it's hard to tell you to take him as the first player potentially off of the board for you if you need wide receiver um i just can't do it and i won't do it cuz it's just not it's just not right um all right let's get on to this week though i think i've spent enough time talking about these injuries to uh you know put that to bed but let's get into this week of football um it's the biggest game on the slate like there's the biggest game of the entire year it's tennessee versus georgia um we're finally going to get to see Hendon hooker be the best player on the field i know he's done it against alabama i know he's done it against kentucky to a lesser extent he's done it against florida he's done it against every test he's had so far but this georgia defense is something special it's an actual this one's not as good as last year's, where there's just, I mean, this is chock full of NFL talent too, but the, the, there's a little bit of a difference between this year and last year. There was like, you know, five first rounders on that defense defense last year. There's probably only four. <laughs> okay. This is a pretty good, darn good defense too. This is the closest thing to an NFL defense. He's going to face this entire season. And if Hooker can put it together against this Georgia defense, which is not as locked down as it was last year, like, Last year they were giving up barely any touchdowns. If he can do it against this defense, like and Hooker, might as well just have won the Heisman. Like I think this would be his statement and he's gotta start working himself into- To the draft like we got to start talking about him being a first rounder and i know that like immediately your your thought when i say he's gonna be 25 your immediate thought is like that is way too old to be getting into the nfl and i'm here to tell you that kenny pickett is six months uh younger than him right now kenny pickett who was drafted in the first round last year for the steelers currently the starting quarterback for the steelers is six months younger than um Hooker is right now. And for that reason alone, I don't think you should have a problem taking him um, in your drafts. I don't think that you're going to have an age question because a Hooker is better at football than he's being made. Like, you know, whatever leap he made, like he was available for anybody, anybody this off season, he was a transfer from Virginia tech, trying to find, you know, wherever he was going to fit in, we i was like okay this guy you know i saw the tools did not exactly see what he was going to be and whatever they've done with him there josh heupel and those guys at tennessee it's just made him into an incredible football player and for that reason alone hinden hooker might end up being the best uh, quarterback in this draft i i i know that it's like oh but what about cj stroud well cj stroud's kind of the older school quarterback, uh, like, right. He's not mobile at all. We saw that against Penn state this past weekend, Penn state's defense was able to get to him quite a few times. He can't really, you know, he can scramble, but not for positive yardage. He's not going to be like a surprise 20 yard run here and there, where he's going to get you that athleticism that you're thinking that he's going to, it's not there. So when you, put him up against what Hinden Hooker can do. Hendon Hooker is hitting these passes on the run. He's hitting them in the pocket. He's able to scramble. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not like Lamar Jackson like or anything like that where the running ability is, you know, one of you know, it's not an elite trait of his, but he has it. And what we're seeing more and more I think in the NFL right now is that you need to be able to get out of the pocket. Like you need to be able to if you need to scramble, the legs have to be an actual weapon like Justin Fields has been using more and more recently than he has in the past. And I, I think that that is, you know, something that Hooker is going to be very much used for. I mean, he, I, you know, before the season, I would have profiled him as an inaccurate, but easy to scramble. You could definitely see him maybe, you know, you could see him working out somewhere, but here's the thing. Hooker, six, four, that's right, we like that. We, we like the the 6'4 guys, um, and he's mobile. Those are two things that you want in a quarterback. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 6'3", mobile. Not a runner, mind you. Patrick Mahomes is never going to rush for you know 100 yards in a game like Daniel Jones or Kyler Murray, but he's mobile. And I think that we need to start having the discussion of Hendon Hooker potentially being the QB1 in dynasty drafts I know that a lot of people are, you know, we're going to have CJ Stroud. We're going to have Bryce Young. We're going to talk the next person I'm going to talk about after we get done with this game. um, He might be ahead of them still. I don't know. We'll see. But I don't know how we don't get to uh, the draft in April and just say, here's the thing. He beat Alabama. He was undefeated through the first, even if he loses to Georgia in this game. He put up a valiant effort against Georgia. He probably will win the Heisman. I think even if he loses this game, he's still the front runner. I don't really see how you can put anybody else ahead of him, even if he was to lose this game. Just because the Heisman is made for players like Hinden Hooker, who come, you know, have that one special year where you couldn't take your eyes off of him. And that's what it is for him. He is that guy. He's not being propped up by. Marvin Harrison Jr. or Amika Abuka or Jackson Smith and Jigba, or if he was there, or, you know, the running backs up there. Like Ohio State is a fully, you know, weaponized offense. Tennessee's not working with that. Tennessee's working with Hooker And, I mean, Jalen Hyatt's worked himself into the draft. Um, and Cedric Tillman's been really good, you know, when he's been healthy. But this game will mean a lot for this draft. Every NFL scout will be watching this game. I highly encourage you all, if you have any – at least look at the highlights, like whatever the highlights show. Because even if Andon Hooker is held to like 100 yards, which would be absolutely shocking, by the way. But if he was, like that's, that's usable analysis. That's something that we're going to be talking about probably next week um, as like how did this happen? What did they see that like Alabama couldn't see? What did they see that like some of these other teams – couldn't see about him like what what were they using you know to figure him out and no teams figured him out yet we're gonna have to see if georgia can do that on saturday it's gonna be a great game cannot wait um all right it's time kentucky kentucky and i'm sorry this is a flashback to last week kentucky played tennessee this last week what the f was happening with will levis like i have absolutely no idea how to explain how he's going to go in the first round of the nfl draft i have zero idea because everything on paper about him makes him an nfl caliber quarterback makes him go in the first round when you actually watch him play football though that is where i pause He looks a lot like Desmond Ritter, but not as good as Desmond Ritter. And that is weird to say, but like that's kind of where we're at. So Tennessee, who gave up 500 total yards to Anthony Richardson, when we have so many question marks about Anthony Richardson, he might as well be the Riddler. This guy's got question marks everywhere. And Anthony Richardson put up 500 total yards on Tennessee. Bryce Young went out there, threw for 370 yards. Will Levis threw for 98 and three picks. Don't love that. You know, it's like you have a showcase game here. This is the moment that every scout that's at this game watching to see if Hooker or Will Levis is going to be our future. Hooker did his job, but Will Levis didn't. And I just really have a tough time. Seeing that, like when it, like how in the world are you going to take him in the top ten of the NFL draft, and you're going to have a game that he threw for a hundred, not even a hundred yards against a defense that gave up five hundred total yards to Anthony Richardson? Really, you're gonna like you're gonna tell your GM that that actually happened, and that you were like, you know, he's still a top ten quarterback to me. We're we're a quarterback away, and Will Levis is that guy. I would have massive question marks about that. I'm still probably going to myself. I know that I'm, I'm, sp- I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth here. I'll still have him in the first round, but he will not be going to a QB needy team. I think if anything, Hendon Hooker is for sure the number three, and I have a hard time putting Will Levis over Sam Hartman right now. I really do. I just, I'm going to let every other team in my dynasty draft make the Will Levis mistake. It will not be me. You all can, if you all would like him, if you all are like, you know, I kind of have seen the Will Levis thing. Like, I, I think, I think there's something there, especially if he ends up in a good situation. Like, if he was to go to Kyle Shanahan, just an example, they probably won't draft him. But if they, if he was to end up there, for example, like, okay, maybe you could talk yourself into it. But I have a tough time telling you to take Will Levis right now. It's, it's his stock, in my opinion, is way down. And I really don't know how he recovers to get back into the top four four quarterbacks like it's tough for me to say that out loud right now but we'll see okay a couple of games that I do want to highlight for this weekend because I do think they're good games Uh, Texas plays Kansas State Uh, Kansas State is really good against the run their defensive line is very good guess what Texas has the number one running back for this draft right now Bijan Robinson who is amazing at breaking tackles and I think that this will be a good chance to see exactly you have a good defense versus a good offense we'll see what you know rubbers got to meet the road in this game a little bit we'll also on Kansas State be watching Deuce Vaughn every time that kid hits the field it's appointment television um I still for the life of me have zero clue how to rate him like I don't know how teams are going to see him because he profiles as Darren Sproles he plays like Darren Sproles but At the same time, a 5'8 running back, like, I don't know. Wouldn't be me. Wouldn't be me. Um, Alabama plays LSU this weekend, which somehow became a massive game all of the sudden. Um, I do have to give ESPN some credit. Um, They (laughs) – I okay, Jordan's the conspiracy theorist on this channel. I have a little conspiracy theory of my own in – it's that they needed a top 10 matchup to go up against the Tennessee, Georgia thing because Florida was, un- or LSU was unranked last week. Unranked, did not have a rank going into last week. They beat number seven, Ole Miss, and it was a 25 point victory. It was pretty substantial, and they did win. But then they jumped from that to number 10 in the nation. That seems really weird to me, like a really weird jump. Three weeks ago, they lost 40-13 to against Tennessee. I know that's the number one team in the nation and everything, but that's really strange. And they lost to Florida State at the beginning of the season as well, which doesn't look like that bad of a loss, mind you, but it's still a little weird. So LSU, we're going to be watching them. Kayshawn Booty is turning around. Uh, B.J. Ojulari for the defense, really good for LSU. So this should be a good matchup. Alabama, obviously we're watching Bryce Young. We're watching Jameer Gibbs. Uh, the Jameer Gibbs hype train is out of control. He's going above Bijan Robinson in mock drafts now. There, People are saying that he is the new Alvin Kamara. We'll see. <laughs> I feel like that's a little steep of a, of a thing because I still have problems with his ability to run the football. But at the same time, he's been answering every question. He's been knocking uh, some of these out pretty quickly and being putting up stats that you know are amazing to look at so you know it's, it's just a little bit of hater in me I did not like what I saw at the beginning of the season but he has turned it around quite a bit Alvin Kamara seems steep to me but whatever it really is going to depend I to me this seems like the Clyde Edwards a mistake just staring his dead in the face but again I'm going to leave that hatred until after the season maybe we'll maybe I'll come back around maybe I'll end up being the biggest Jameer Gibbs fan of the nation but here's the thing like maybe i sh- you should actually be on in on him because when i fade a player they turn into chris olave potential rookie of the year so who knows um i quickly want to touch on alabama real quick and this bryce young uh it's not a conspiracy but this bryce young thing he appears to be shorter than kyler murray um they did an interview for the heisman house it's like a the heisman house commercials i'm sure you, you all have seen that from time to time um, but he was doing an interview with Kyler Murray and they were talking about things, and he was noticeably shorter than Kyler Murray. That's really weird, like, really weird to me that he was shorter than Kyler Murray because everybody makes fun of it, Kyler Murray's height anyway. I mean, I don't think that is going to be good if he can't measure out above what well, I mean. Kyler Murray ended up being 5'10, I think. There is no shot Bryce Young's 5'10". He might be 5'9". And how in the world is that going to work? Because he's he, the thing about Kyler Murray is, although he is short, he can run. Like, you know, he can run and he is the quickest guy on in the field at any point in time. So how is that going to work? I don't know. But we need to start talking about that because it's very concerning to me and should be concerning to you all as well because he is uh him being shorter than kyler murray is just jarring to say the least um two more games wake forest plays nc state this would have been a much better game if devin leary had been healthy for this one but it you know he's not he's out for the season so we just get to see sam hartman and at perry um which is cool i do enjoy that Um seeing that man those the matchup for them is still good NC State's still a problem at any point in time, but they are, you know, still on the rebound. Um two more games, or the last game I wanted to mention, because it might mean something, <laughs> as my dog is trying to get into the frame here. Let me just show. Yeah, there's a dog. Of course. Has to be on my lap. Sorry, podcast audience. If you want to see it, it's gonna be on YouTube. Um, last one I want to talk about is um USC, I I do enjoy watching them play football. They play Cal this weekend, which, you know, it should be a bloodbath, not going to lie. But just getting to see Caleb Williams play is very interesting to me. Um, Seeing if uh, Jordan Addison is able to make it back is also, you know, something to to watch out for. Um, But, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, all the attention this weekend should be on Tennessee versus Georgia. Um, If if you only get a chance to watch one game this entire weekend – that is the one you've got to lock into. Um, I'll go over my rankings really quickly just because I haven't really given an update in a while, but um, here's what they stand as of now. Uh, Quarterbacks. Number one, CJ Stroud. Two, Bryce Young. Three, Hendon Hooker. Four, Sam Hartman. Five, Will Levis. Six, Anthony Richardson. Seven, Grayson McCall. Eight, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Nine, Tyler Van Dyke. And ten, Phil Jerko from Boston College. Uh, Running backs. Number one, B. John Robinson. Number two, Zach Charbonnet. Three, Jameer Gibbs. Four, Sean Tucker. Five, Blake Karum. Six, Zach Evans. Very concerned about Zach Evans, by the way. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins has looked like the best uh, player in college football. Um, I, he, he has a Heisman uh, question mark, but where does this leave Zach Evans? We'll see. Uh, sevens Tank Bigsby. Eight, Devin Achain. Nine, Chase Brown. Ten, Mo Ibrahim. And then 11, the guy Deuce Vaughn. I mean, he's a little bit of a question mark. I still don't know what to do with him. He's got to be up in this discussion, though. This running back class is going to be insane. There's more that I haven't even mentioned. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to make this 20 running backs long by the time it's all said and done because there are so many players that I'm very interested to see where they go in the draft. Wide receivers, number one, Jordan Addison, two, Quinn Johnston, three, Kayshawn Booty, four, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Five, Josh Downs. Six, Cedric Tillman. Seven, Zay Flowers. Eight, Rasheed Rice from SMU. Nine, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. I, I, he has to be. He just looks too special. Ten, Marvin Mims. Eleven, Jacob Cowing from Arizona. And then lastly, the tight ends. Number one is Michael Mayer. Guys, if you need a tight end this offseason, he's going to go in the first round. He is a receiving threat. Michael Mayer is your guy. Two, Dalton Kincaid. Three, Jaheim Bell. Four, Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State. Five, Darnell Washington from Georgia. Six, Braden Willis. Seven, Luke Musgrave. Eight, Sam Laporta. And question mark, question mark, question mark will forever be Eric Gilbert from Georgia because he, has, he still has yet to play football. I don't really know what to make of him. I'm confused at how he's going to get rated. Seems like the scouts are still in on him, but I don't really know what to make of that. So I I just guess we'll see what happens by the end of it. But I appreciate you tuning in this week at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. If you want to talk to me at Offensive Points, um, we are moving this uh, podcast to a different feed. Um, there is a Best Ball slash Dynasty Tailgate feed on wherever you get podcasts: uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, um, Stitcher, whatever you're using. There is will be a separate feed on there. Uh, please go and download that. I mean, that's where this this podcast will be eventually. Um, I'm still going to put it on the regular feed for now, but we're trying to build out a second podcast feed because sometimes our episodes are getting just lost in the amount of content that we're pumping out every week. So we just don't want this podcast to get lost in the shuffle and I'd like to give you all more content which I can do if there's a second podcast feed because can't clog up the main feed with a lot of Dynasty Tailgate stuff, even though I would love that, and I'm sure if you've made it this far in the podcast, you would love that too. But I appreciate you listening this week. Please watch Georgia-Tennessee. Watch a replay of it. Watch the highlights of it. I guarantee it's going to live up to the billing because these two offenses and defenses are special, and I cannot wait to watch it. So thank you for tuning in.